praise in this place. God, thank you for giving us another opportunity to lift up your name on today. Thank you, God, for being Elohim. Thank you for being the creator of all things. Father God, we just thank you, God, for being here even amongst us on this morning. God, we thank you for every mother, God, that's in this place on today, God. We thank you for being with all the mothers, for keeping them, Father God, for watching over them, for protecting them, God. We just love on you this morning, oh God. And God, I thank you for my helper, my teacher today, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us into all truth today. Reveal unto us, bring back to our remembrance what was spoken unto us through the word as the word of God goes forth on today. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, you have given us the power. You have given us the authority to speak those things that be not as though they were. So God, I speak healing right now in the midst of us, in the atmosphere. God, I'm saying be healed, be made whole right now in the name of Jesus. God, we take control over our surroundings right now in this place in Jesus' name. God, I thank you right now that we are already the healed of the Lord. We're not waiting on to be healed. Healing has come to this house right now in Jesus' name. And God, you say at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. So no matter what the sickness is or the disease is, it has to bow right now. In the name of Jesus, I curse sinus infections at the root. In Jesus' name, I curse allergies at the root. In Jesus' name, I curse right now crippling arthritis at the root. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I curse migraines at the root. In the name of Jesus, and God, every disease, every sickness bows right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that it's already done, God, because God, you are God, and you are the great physician in this house. You're Jehovah Rapha. So we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise, God, for sweeping through this place in the name of Jesus. And God, you shall get the glory, you shall get the honor, you shall get all of the praise in Jesus' name. So we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see what God has to say unto his people on today. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Genesis. We're going back to the beginning. God has a word for his people. God loves us so much, he knows exactly what to give us, right? Go with me to Genesis 21. Genesis 21. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say, have an expectancy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Genesis 21. And I'm going to begin at verse 9, and I'm going to end at verse 14. Genesis 21, beginning at verse 9. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abram, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. 
And all that Sarah have said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also of the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. I want to talk about today when you let go, God can move. When you let go, God can move. And I believe that God has a word for the house. We talked about last Sunday dealing with stagnation, dealing with moving forward. And God placed on my heart that it's at times that we hold on to things and we're waiting on God to move. But God said, I can't move if you don't let go. And we don't let go of things because we trust in those things more than we trust in God. But God wants us to rely and depend on him no matter what the situation is. And the only way that we can rely and depend on God is to know God. When you know a person or a thing more than you know God, that's who you're going to rely on. That's who you're going to depend on. So when your life is, when you're going through in life and having ups and downs, you're expecting that person or that thing to fix it. When you're going through in a marriage, you're waiting on the man or you're waiting on the woman to fix it. Even in a relationship, if the man fix it, I'm all right. If she fix it, I'm all right. But it's not about us. It's all about him. So the more you get to know him, you will be able to let go of things in your life that you're holding on to. Now, sometimes we don't even know what we're holding on to. And those things get in the way so much that we be wondering and we be saying, God, why aren't you moving? Why am I stagnated? Why am I still in the same spot? And it's been 20 years. Why do I not see any elevation in my life? The reason why we don't see elevation in our lives is because we hold on to things that God say, I want you to let go of those things so I can move. I'm telling you, I'm feeling the stirring of the spirit because God said, when you let go, you will see a moving. You won't be stagnated anymore. You will begin to move. You know how on the um, highways when they have enrolled um, construction and you have to sit there and you have to wait doing that. And sometimes you get very impatient with that waiting. But you know when stuff get moved out the way, then you can move. This is what God is saying. As long as you're keeping stuff in the way and putting it before him, God say you cannot see the manifestation. And what we got to understand is God has already done everything that he's going to do through his son, Jesus Christ. So we need to quit trying to get something done when it's already done through him. That's why it takes a relationship, not just coming to church when you feel like it, not just coming to Bible study when you feel like it, but you're coming because Because you know there's something that you need to keep you moving in the direction that God wants you to go in. So this is what was happening here. Y'all know the story about Abraham and Sarah. God promised Abraham a son. And we know that sometime when God promised us stuff, come on, we raise our hands, feet, everything that we can. We're going to raise it because when God promised us something and seem like it's taking forever and a day. Come on, how many in the house know that we try to do it ourselves? We try to make it happen, and just because it feels good, we feel like it's God. But I'm here to tell you that the Bible said those that wait 
upon the Lord. He shall renew your strength. And then you shall mount up with what? Wings as an eagle. You shall run and not get weary. You shall walk and not faint. That's how you know you've been waiting on him and trusting in him. So we see that Sarah got tired of waiting. So this woman is going to give her husband permission. Y'all check this out. To go sleep with another woman. Because this woman come with them out of Egypt and she was her maid servant. So I guess she's saying, whatever I need for you to do on my behalf, you got to honor me. So this woman had the audacity to give her husband to another woman. What man is going to turn that down? Now, Abraham was a godly man. You hear me? (laughs) He was a godly man, but he got permission from Sarah. So he's saying, if Sarah says, okay. It must be okay. Come on, Hagar. So they went in and they conceived and they had a child. And after she knew that she had conceived, guess what happened, y'all? She began to despise Sarah. She began to look at Sarah in another way, like she was above Sarah, like you're going to be the bondswoman and I'm the mean squeeze up in here. So Sarah began to go to Abraham and Abraham began to tell Sarah, you do to her what you choose to do to her. Now, come on now, apostle. She's telling her to lay with this woman and now Abraham going to do it. Now it looked like Abraham is despising this woman. So this woman now she's being rejected. So Sarah dealt very harshly with her. That means she brought affliction on her. She made it very hard for Hagar. So Hagar got upset, y'all, and she left camp. I guess Hagar said, I don't have to put up with this. But when she left, I'm here to tell every Hagar in this room, every woman in this room that had disappointment through a man that you shouldn't have been with in the first place, I'm here to tell you that God still loves you today. God still wants you to have what he's already promised to you. So Hagar left the place that she was in, and when she left the place, God began to speak to Hagar and tell her what was going to go on with Ishmael. And the word Ishmael means God will hear. So God gave her the same promise that he had given to Abraham because Ishmael was a seed of Abraham. So if Abraham had a promise of God, whoever was a part of Abraham was going to be a part of that promise. But Ishmael was another nation, but that nation was going to be blessed. Why? Because of Abraham. What am I saying to you? We can't look at um, children that maybe the dad left or children that maybe the mama left. I'm here to tell you that God got a place even for those children. So we can't put them down and cast them aside because God promises is yes. And in Christ Jesus is amen to everybody. He don't have no respectable person. So the ones that are out there feeling like you got left out or feeling like this man done you wrong, you still have a father who can come on, give him some glory. You still have a father that's going to look out for you. Even though your father is not there, you still have a heavenly father that you can call upon. So even in this, 
when Ishmael and, and Isaac come forth and they begin to have a ceremony for Isaac, he go, oh, Ishmael mocking. That means that he was not in a good place with Sarah dealing with her son. So Sarah is going to tell Abraham now. Now look, Sarah told Abraham, lay with Hagar. I want me another son. Now that she has Isaac, she's realizing two nations can't stay in the same house. She's realizing that this bondswoman's son can't stay with this heir, which is Isaac. So she's telling Abraham, she said, you got to get rid of this um, bondswoman um, child. You got to get rid of them. They cannot stay with us. Can you imagine fathers out there? You got another child from another woman. You in another marriage. You in a relationship with the woman. And that woman is telling you that child can't stay in this house. Because this is the only child that's going to be in this house. Thank God for grace. Amen. So Abraham was upset. He was very grievous over that thing because that was his son. And this is what God told Abraham. Be obedient. Hearken unto what Sarah is saying. Men, I want to tell you today. Sometimes you may not understand what a godly woman is saying. But if that godly woman is hearing from God, you need to hear her because you're hearing God. See, we got some men that say a woman can't tell me nothing. But if God is talking through that woman, you need to humble yourself up under his mighty hand. So Abraham, he went to God on it. Anything men that you don't understand that a woman is saying, if you got a relationship with God, you need to go to God and say, God, I don't understand this woman. This woman is butt crazy. She tell me to sleep with this woman. Now she's telling me to get rid of the woman and the child. Something's wrong with this picture. God said, hearken unto Sarah. Why was God saying this? Because God said law and grace can't stay together. They got Hagar, they got Ishmael up under law. That means law said, I can do it myself. I'm so self-righteous. I don't need nobody help. I don't need God's help. See, we got people in the church right now. You think you know everything. You think that you know more than God knows. So you out there trying to get you a job on your own. You out there trying to get all this stuff on your own instead of depending on grace, which comes through the father, God, which he used Jesus Christ for you to get this grace through faith. But you act like you know better than God. But God knew he said law and grace can't stay in the same house. So he said you got to get rid of law. In order to get what grace have for you. And this is what God is telling the church. You got to let go of being self-righteous. Thinking that if I make enough money. If I do this or if I do that. Then this is going to work. I'm here to tell you today when you let go. God can move. Because all of your calculation. Is not going to take you to the place that God has already fixed for you. See, what God has already done for you, it was independent of you. And the only way you can know what God has done is to spend more time with God than you're spending with your pocketbook, than you're spending with your lovers, than you're spending with everything else except God. Oh, hallelujah, I'm preaching to myself. See, people don't want to hear that. They put more time and energy in what they think is right. Instead of putting that time in the word of God and saying, Lord, speak to me. Because right now, I don't know what's good for me. Because everything I 
try, I end up right back in the same spot, starting all over again. Thank God he give you time to get it right. See, some things that you go through, you going through so you don't have to go back down that road again. It reminds me of this prophet that God had sent out, and he told this prophet, don't go the same way you came. He said, don't eat or drink with anyone. So he was dealing with Jeroboam, and after he got through dealing with Jeroboam and bringing forth the word of God, Jeroboam wanted him to eat with him. He said, no, I can't eat with you. I can't drink with you. I can't even go the same way that I came. So he was obedient. But then there were some sons of this prophet that witnessed the stuff that happened through this man of God. So he went back and they went back and they told their father about it. And then he went to this man of God and he told him, well, an angel told me that you need to come back home with me and you need to eat and drink with me. So this prophet fell for it. So when this prophet was at the table and um, eating and drinking, and then the Lord began to speak through this prophet and let him know that you were disobedient to me. Y'all know that prophet died. Because he was listening more to man, I'm getting somewhere, than he was listening to God. God told him, he gave him instructions. He said, this is what I want you to do. So this man could not even move forward on this journey because he rather listened to somebody else rather than listening to God. Come on, that's some of us in this room today. You know what God said. Then God will send somebody with a title in front of their name and you act like you forgot what God said before they came because when God sends somebody, they're going to line up with what he's already said. They're not going to go against what he said. They're not going to add to it. They're not going to take away from it. Mm. So all of us feel as if we know God so much that I do hear God speaking to me. But all of a sudden, when they say this big prophet is in town, you change your way of hearing. You go hear the prophet and say, oh, they told me it's time for me to get married. Oh, they told me it's time for me to look for a house. Oh, they told me to. But what did God say? So you putting stuff in your way that's stagnating you, that's stopping you from going in the direction that God wants you to go into. God is moving all the time. We're just missing the move of God. When you go outside, you can see God moving. If you're in the spirit, you will know what's going on around you. This is why my prayer is every day. God, make me so aware of my surroundings that I don't miss anything. Because every place you go in, there's something going on. And if you're not aware of what's going on, you'll get caught up in somebody else's mess. I don't care if you think you're in a safe place. You're supposed to always say, God, make me aware of my surroundings. So we see that Abraham had to be obedient unto God. He had to listen to Sarah. So he let his son go. And I'm going to tell you, when you let someone go, God can begin to move in their lives. How did God begin to move once he let them go? Because after he let them go, look at Isaac. God had to then again, he had to test Abraham even with Isaac. Y'all know he went to that mountain and, and God told him that Isaac would be the sacrifice. And this is what I'm telling you, you got to let go of something or someone for God to move. God will use the very thing, the very person that you love the most, and he'll test you with that person to see where you are in him, to see if you love the person more than you love him. So he said, I gave you Isaac, 
So I'm going to see if the love of Isaac is more stronger than the love you have for me. So when he said, let him go. So Abraham was willing to let him go because Abraham said, if you kill him, you got to bring him back to life. Because this is my promise that you gave me, God. So if you kill him, he's still going to live because you're not going to go back on what you said. So Abraham trusted God so much. He was willing to kill his own son. And the moment he got ready to kill him, God had a ram in the bush. See, God was ready to move. And this is how it is supposed to be in our lives, y'all. There's supposed to be no one or nothing that takes the place of God. When you put somebody in God's place, there is not a movement that's happening in your life. There's a stagnation that takes place because we're saying, God, I love them better than I love you. Some people say, no, apostle, that ain't true. But why are you waiting on that person to fix something that God has already fixed? See, this is why your trust and your confidence got to be so much in God that you say, if you do it, you do it. If you don't, you don't. But I know a father who can. And this is how we supposed to be. So when God was taking me through the word and he was showing me, you got to trust me. You got to move all of these things out of your life so I can move. You got to let go of these things. And this is why every day we need to say, God, what am I holding on to? What am I holding on to so much, God, that's causing me to be stagnated, that's causing you not to move in my life? Remember now, God has given us grace. Everything we need is in grace. Jesus bought that grace. He bought that truth. So the moment you accepted Jesus, you have everything you need on the inside of you. And this is how Abraham was. He had to trust God because he knew that God had everything that he needed. In every situation that you go through, you need to say, God, am I holding up the progress? Am I the one stopping you from moving? This is how it is, y'all, even in a marriage. You cannot go into a marriage with the woman up under law and the man up under grace because there's going to be stagnation in that house. Because if the woman is up under law, she's going to tell the man, you got to get two jobs to fix this. But the man is trusting God and saying, no, God gave me a promise. And the woman is saying, if you don't get another job and fix this, you're going to be by yourself. So is the man going to go back under law or is he going to stand on grace, knowing that God can supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So you got to have a relationship where both of you are on the same accord, where both of you are believing the same thing. The more that man gravitate towards that woman because she's saying gimme gimme and your name is Jimmy no it's not gonna work in your house because if you got a woman that think the only way you can please me is by buying me stuff I don't care how you get it as long as you get it you uh uh-uh that ain't gonna work that ain't no good marriage what these men need to do is take off these Ahab pants and begin to rise up into who they are now that they're in Christ Jesus and they need to tell Jezebel to sit down See, that's the problem. You got too many Ahab men that's allowing Jezebel to run their house. If you don't do this, I ain't going to do that. But you say, I know a father who can. And you begin to talk to the spirit that's using that woman to be the way that she is. See, we got too much of mess that's happening in the house of God. I'm talking about with Christian folks, y'all. I'm talking about the ones that's always talking about God but ain't being about God. 
See, you can talk about him, but you got to be about him and you got to stand up for what God is saying. See, Sarah, see, I'm bringing Sarah and Hagar in the house because it is Mother's Day, right? So Sarah, look at her. She, she stood up and told Abraham, this is what you have to do. She was in alignment because God said, listen unto Sarah. So sometimes we have to listen. And when we listen, guess what? We're letting go of pride. See, when you take the time to be obedient to God, you letting go of pride. See, some of us are looking at, if I don't do this, people are going to look at me a certain way. If I don't do like this one is doing for my wife, they're going to think that I'm not a good husband. Who cares what somebody thinks? You do what God tells you to do. If God told you just give her a flower, you give her a flower. You don't have to give her a rose wash because the rose wash ain't going to mean nothing. But when you give her a flower and you're giving it from your heart and she's seeing the lady next door with the rose rods she's talking about how much her husband loved her and she said huh he didn't give you nothing but a flower but I knew it came from his heart it don't matter about the material stuff I'm looking at what's coming from the heart see I want to help somebody we need to quit looking at what everybody else have see that's not letting go when you truly let go you are not comparing yourself amongst yourself because the bible said ain't wise So that means, women, just because somebody got this for Mother's Day and your husband didn't get it for you, there's a problem in your relationship. Because you already know what your, your husband have. It ain't about comparing what this one got or what that one got. Thank God for life. Thank God for having a good man. A man that takes care of his family. A man that makes sure his household is taken care of. A man that come in and lay down the paycheck and say, you know what to do with it, baby. Some men say, that's a lie. See? Because that man already know that woman, I can trust her because she's a virtuous woman. We ain't missed the meal yet. All of us have clothes. Money is still in the bank. So I don't have to worry about where my money is going because I have a good woman because she came from the Lord. Matter of fact, that woman is the one that brought me in. So I can trust her with this money. Oh, where am I going? God said, if you let go of your money, I can move. Some people are holding on to money so much that you're watching it and you can't, you're so nervous. You're watching it, you're checking your account, making sure it's growing and not, you know, it's increasing and not decreasing. When it begins to decrease, you get scared, you get anxious, you like, I can't make it just because it went down $5. When you let go of your money, God can move. And I ain't talking about giving it to the church. Because guess what? When you know him and you hear him, you can let go when God tells you to let go. When you're trying to hold on to something, you're living up under law. You're in bondage. You're not living up under grace. Because the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God. So when you take you out of the equation, God said, I can move if you just move. He's telling you, move on out the way. Let me do what I have already planned and purposed for your life. Quit being anxious just to let people know, well, I'm an executive. Or I have this. Well, you know, I graduated with uh, with this sorority. Or I graduated with that sorority. Y'all, it's getting so bad now. When people die, they want to list everything they did and they did. They want to tell you everything they did. 
and they dead. How's that helping? People want people to look good, living and dead. And everybody already know how they look when they were living. But now you want to list a lot of things that they did. They were a loving father and she was a loving mother and them kids sitting there. And that husband sitting there. When you let go, God can move in your life. We holding on to past hurts. We holding on to disappointments. We holding on to unforgiveness. We holding on to bitterness. And you wondering why the flow, the life of God is not coming through you. You wondering why you stagnated. You wondering why God ain't moved in this area. Because God said you ain't learned yet. And see, this is why getting back to Hagar. When Hagar was out there in that wilderness, y'all. And she didn't have nothing but the water and the bread. When that gave out, she just moved away from her son because she didn't want to see her son die. But remember, he began to cry out, and Ishmael means God hears. So as he began to cry out, the angel of the Lord told her to look up. And y'all, there was a well of water. And he began to speak to her about what God had already said. See, when you get into a wilderness, when you get in a place where it seemed like money can't help you, family can't help you, husband and wife can't help you and you really begin to cry out with your whole heart and say God here I am my dependency my trust is on you today I trust no one God but you God hears your heart then and God said now I can move because you letting go of these things we need to quit suppressing stuff and trying to make people think I'm all right no you ain't all right you playing a game with God your life ain't going nowhere you need to be open and honest, not with me, but with God. Because God already know you ain't right. You depressed, you oppressed, you're trying to borrow from Peter to pay Paul. You can't keep $5 and you ask me for 500 you ain't right. You're trying to seek everything except me. The best thing that we can ever do until we know with a surety that we're hearing God, don't tell nobody nothing. Don't say nothing. Don't even tell them where you stay. Don't even tell them what you're driving. Because if you say God told you to get it, then you're supposed to still have it. Where at? What happened to that car? What happened to that house? People make excuses when they mess up. Well, you know, um, I had to move on. God got bigger and greater things. Huh? Who told you that? You, you had to, why didn't you stay in your pinto? It was paid for. God was doing some things in the pinto. People wanted the pinto. Why? Because it had an anointing upon the pinto. But people kept telling you, you need to get another car. But did God say for you to get another car? No, he said, I want you to live in that pinto until I tell you to come out of that pinto. And every time somebody see you, they ain't going to see the pinto. They're going to see my anointing upon you. And everybody going to want a pinto because you got the pinto. See, when God allow you to stay in a place, guess what he's doing? He's dealing with you in that place. So why are you trying to come out of place that God is dealing with you in? Guess what he deal with you in the wilderness? Hey, God was in the wilderness. She was in a place, y'all, that she couldn't look to nobody but God. 
Some of you are in that place right now, but you're so stubborn, you're still looking for a man or woman to bring you out. Or you're looking for something to be handed to you all the time. God didn't create you that way. He created you to prosper and succeed and to have great success. How do I do it? By meditating on the word day and night, observing to do all that's written therein. Then your way shall be prosperous. Then you should have good success. We need to read the word. That's why we're not moving. Because we're looking for somebody to hand us something. Let me go back to these women. A woman tried to find a man. They got something or think they got something. And if they ain't got nothing, their family got something. And that man be so good, he put on Ahab pants. He act like if he don't do what that woman say, she going to whoop him. And she is. She going to whoop your behind all the way to the bank. And empty it and tell you to go back and get more. And then tell you you are a liar when you tell her you ain't got no more. Then she's going to accuse you of being with another woman. And you spending your time trying to please this Jezebel. I'm here to tell this house Jezebel days are over. And men you need God is bringing it back. You need to rise up for who you are. Now that you in Christ. You need to set the example in your house. If you're going to be a priest, be a priest. And guess what the priest did? They were standing before God on the behalf of the people. So you're supposed to stand on the behalf of that Jezebel and say, Lord, you told me not to marry this woman. See, you're becoming a Hosea now. God told Hosea to marry that prostitute. But God told you not to marry that Jezebel. But now you got her. Now you want to get rid of her. You want to divorce her, but guess what God is doing? He's making you more of a man through Jesse. He's showing you how to rise up through that woman. That's a wilderness experience, ain't it, men? Some of you done swept her out the house, done got another woman. She treating you real good. But then that woman still ain't right because you ain't right. So God said when you let go of all these things that you're holding on to, I'm going to name them out across the board. Let's start. Fornication, mm, adultery, mm, help me out, stealing and lying and all of this other stuff. God said, when you let go of it, I can move in your life because I already done away with it through Jesus Christ. He said, I already forgave you for it. So if I forgave you for it, why are you still diving in it? Because you feel like you need all of that more than you need God. That's, that's, that's the thing. So God said, when you learn to let go of these things, you will see me moving in your life. And you, God will be moving in your life so much. It becomes such a part of you that you can't even really explain it to people except saying, I trust God. I lean and I depend on God. Everything I have is coming through him. Church. How do you think apostle and her husband is making it? Because we have to trust God. Why? When you say you trust him, you can't turn to man and say, you're going to do this or you're going to do that. No, you're going to turn to God and say, I'm under covenant, man. 
with you. This is what you told me to do. And you're not going to become a liar because you said you were God that you don't lie. Neither the son of God that you shall repent. Have you not spoken this to me, God? Shall you not make it good in my life? So, God, I thank you that it's already done because you are a covenant keeping God. So I'm going to keep moving, keep trusting, keep relying, keep depending on God. And if my husband want to get slow sluggish, I supposed to build him up. If I get sluggish, he's supposed to build me up because we supposed to remind each other we up under covenant. So the need is already met. Come on, go back in the word of God, the widow woman. She lost her husband. She got left with sons and they came to take her sons as slaves. You know what this woman did? She called that prophet because he was a mouthpiece for God. She said, wait a minute. My husband was a prophet and this is what they say they're going to do. She remembered the covenant. So what did this prophet tell her to do? He said, what do you have in your house? She had all. She had to be willing to give up the little she had. For God to move. He said, this is what I want you to do. Take that pot of oil you have, and I want you to go ask for vessels. And I want you to go back in the house, and I want you to shut the door, you and your sons. And I want you to begin to pour out that oil. And when she followed those instructions, the oil kept coming. The oil kept coming. See, God was constantly moving. He was constantly moving. Why? Because she was obedient to the word of the Lord. There was no stagnation because she was obedient. What is God saying? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to let go of? We are too, we are people pleasers. If man ain't satisfied, then I got to do my very best to get where man want me to be. No, the only thing you got to do is please God. When you please God, he will make your enemies even your footstool. So that's why you have to take the word of God for what it is. You cannot take it out of content. God is bringing this word in this house today because some people are saying, I'm so stagnated. I'm trying to do everything I can do. That's the problem. You are trying. Just hear what the spirit is saying. That's why it's a fight between the flesh and the spirit. You are a spiritual being. You don't live by earthly means, y'all. You live by the spirit. So whatever is going on down here, you're supposed to be looking up to heaven and say, this is where I'm from, so I'm bringing heaven to earth. So it don't matter what earth is doing, I'm living heavenly way. He has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places through Christ Jesus. So you got to open up and say, God, let these blessings flow out of me so people will know who I am now that I'm in you. So then God began to show me this. Go with me to Psalms 37. Look at your neighbor and say, won't he do it? Say, you come in the house at the right time. Listen at what God is saying. This is going to help you with letting go. And then God can move. This is what he's saying today. Fret not thyself. Because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. I'm going to stop right there. Some of y'all are fretting. Some of y'all got anxiety. Because of people that's coming out against you. Because of people that's doing things against you that you know ain't right. And you doing all you can do. But the Bible's giving you a command. He said you fret not yourself. 
because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquities. That means that when you see someone that's in sin rising up and seem like you ain't moving, you don't suppose to fret. When you see people doing their own thing, winning the lottery, buying all these cars, these houses and stuff, you don't supposed to be complaining to God and say, I've been serving you 20 years, been paying my tithes, and I'm still in a one-bedroom. What you need to be doing is remembering, fret not yourself. You're supposed to remember what the word says. And then he says, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and withered as the green herb. And this is what he's saying. He said, even those that's doing wicked, it seems like they got everything. It seems like they got the world in their hand. Don't y'all see people, you know, these celebrities, they feel like nothing can bring them down. They Money ain't no object to them. They can buy whatever car, whatever house they want. They can dress like they want. But guess what that is? That's for the godly to see so we can be fretful and say, God, look at them living all this kind of way. Look at them. It ain't hard for them to get nothing. And I'm working all my life and I ain't even got a pocketbook that look like that. I can't even afford the Gucci bag. He said, fret not yourself. Because see, the very ones that's trusting in the world and trusting in the world's way, they're going to be cut down like the grass. They're going to wither away just like the green herb. See, that's what you got to look at because if the word of God is coming to them and they're not accepting the word, they're not going to be here. Then he said, this is what you got to do. I love this. Trust in the Lord. Y'all got that? Trust in the Lord. Trust means to be confident and sure. In the Lord. So when you see the wicked doing what they're doing, your trust should be so much in him that you continue to do good and you dwell in the land and you are fed. So when you trusted in God, you ain't looking at what everybody else got. You ain't complaining that this person is prosperous and you're not. When you trust him, you're not looking at people. So he said, you got to trust in the Lord and do good. And you're going to dwell in that land and surely you're going to be fed. And then he said, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. When you delight yourself in the Lord, you ain't worrying about these workers of iniquity. You ain't worrying about them talking about you or or saying things about you or what they have. You so delighted in the Lord. You taking pleasure in the Lord that the Lord is giving you the desires of your heart why because his desire is your desires so as you get his desires guess the next thing that you can do commit thy way when you commit it unto god you rolling your way unto him you rolling your burdens it say repose your burdens that mean you at rest so you ain't looking at your enemies no more you ain't looking at what nobody else is doing because you done committed your way unto the lord and the bible say you trusting in him you got confidence or surety in him reliance on him because you know he's gonna bring it to pass so that i'm talking to the people that have let go and this is one reason why we don't let go because we so worried about what somebody else have and we don't have it you have life And you have life more abundantly. And this is something that the evil don't have. You have this life that never cease. Now that you're in Christ Jesus. We need to take our eyes off and our focus off what the world is doing. 
And we need to put our focus on what God has already done. God has finished his work. That's why the Bible say on the seventh day, God rested. Because God had finished doing everything that he needed to do. That's why he called it a Sabbath day. See, when we're resting in the Lord, every day is a day of rest. That means that I don't have to pick and choose a day. Every day I should be at rest in him because I know that he's the one that takes care of me. When I commit my thoughts unto him, then everything in my life is going to be established. God has blessed y'all the works of our hands. God has made us the head and not the tail. He has made us lenders and not borrowers. He has made us above and not beneath. God has given us the power to get wealth. And we should remember all of these things when we're holding on to things. To say, God, in you I live and you I move. In you I have my being. Quit trying to do it yourself because there's a wrestling going on. There's a tugging going on. And God said, if you let go, he said, I can move. See, y'all, we're trying to put people up there on a pedestal to say, hey, look at me. Look at me. Look at what I have accomplished. After you accomplish all those things, I want to ask you a question. Where was God in the equation? Some people will get up there and say, even secular artists, if it wasn't for the Lord, I wouldn't be where I am. And this is what we say. But was it really God that put you where you are? Or did you struggle to get where you are? The blessings of the Lord makes you rich. And it adds no sorrow to it. It adds no struggle to it. So if you're struggling trying to do something, that ain't God. If you're trying to work it out to get what you want, that ain't God. Because when you trust God and God say just do it. And you do it, it's already worked out because you trust in God with no money in the bank. Anything that God tells you to do, guess what? He take the impossible and he make it possible to those that believe. That means that I take my hands out of it and I just follow his instructions. If he tell me to go to the bank with a low credit score, I'm coming out the bank with something. Because God sent me to the bank. I'm not just going to the bank on my own, but I'm going because God told me to go. And I'm going to amaze the banker when it go through. He's going to be sitting there like, wait a minute, let me check, let me check this again. He checks it and he checks it and he checks it. He said, well, it is what it is. You got the loan today. I say, the only reason why I got it is because I have a father who can. That's how God work. See, this is what I'm saying today. When you let go, God keeps saying it. He said, I can move. We have not truly let go, y'all. Because when we let go of it, it will let go of us. And until you let go of it, whatever that it is in your life, you're going to keep struggling. You're going to keep trying to find a way to get this. Have you ever been in a situation where you wanted something and you wanted it so bad, you rearrange everything? You call all your little debitors and say, uh, can I get a deferment? Um, can I make this lower? Uh, can I do this or can I do that? That's you doing it, right? But when it's time for you to get something, God done moved everything out the way and he done changed whoever heart he need to change. Only thing you got to do is follow his direction. So God said, when you let go, he said, I can move. Now ask your neighbor today. Say, neighbor. What are you holding on to 
so much that God is not moving in your life. Let's ask them again. Say, neighbor, what are you holding on to so much that God can't move in your life? Let's make it real. Say, neighbor, what are you holding on to so much that God can't move in your life? Now, I have another question for you today. Are you ready to let it go? Let's, I'm going to ask you again. Are you ready to let it or them go? I'm going to ask you again. If you're in relationship and God said, let that woman or man go, are you ready to say, yes, Lord? That's the only one I heard. Darling, you've gone. See, that's a tough one, ain't it? Is that not a tough one? Because you don't want to let them go because they done stole part of you. That's why you don't get too wrapped up in relationship. Because if you get so wrapped up in relationship, you're going to please that person more than you're going to please God because you feel like I got to stay with this person. I want peace in my home. You don't even know what peace is. The peace that God gives you, the world can't take it away. He said, the peace I give you is a perfect peace that passes all understanding, that guards your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. The peace that I give you is peace that you have even when you're in the storm, that you ain't even bothered by the storm because you at peace, you at rest because he's Jehovah Shalom. He's your salvation. He's your deliverance. He's your joy. He is your healer. I'm telling you, this is the kind of peace that God gives you that no man, no woman can give you. No man can rock you to sleep like God can. No man can love you intimately like God can. Get your mind women off these men because one day these men are going to be gone some of them gone now that it's in the house no type of communication no type of love no type of relationship they're just there and you just hmm So God said, I want to be first. I want to be foremost in your life. He said, can you give me first place today? Can you let go of everything you've been suppressing so I can move in you and through you so you can allow people to know who you're serving and who you've been with? Y'all, it's time out for playing church. It's time out for saying, I love the Lord, but we're doing stuff outside of him. No, it's not okay. Who told you it was okay? God bought you out of bondage. Why are you back in bondage? Because you want to satisfy the flesh. Because you want to have somebody beside you. Y'all, I actually have four men in my life. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and my husband. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and my husband. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and my husband. I had to learn it was, it was backwards before it was my husband. It was the Father. It was the Son and the Holy Spirit. When I went through, I put him at the end of the line. He couldn't get before God. Is that right? Sure will. And if, if he can't love me for who I am in him, 
He can't say he loved Jesus. And he can't say he loved me like Christ loved the church. Men, you cannot say you love your wife like Christ loved the church and you treating her any kind of way. And you doing any kind of thing you want to do. No, that ain't love. You can't say, I love you so much I'm going to marry you. I got a man that I'm already married to. Marrying me ain't going to help you love me more. I know what love is. Do you think I'm supposed to fall for that? You better go and come again. Let me tell you what the Bible say. Can you love me like the church love me, man? What church? Who is Jesus? You out of him. You hypocrite. You better know who you with and who you attaching to. Because once you attach, it's like a leech sucking the blood out of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I give God glory for this message. And I pray that as you leave out of this building, or before you leave out of this building, you have searched your heart. And say, God, what am I holding on to so much that you're not moving in my life the way you want to move? Athea, there's a song about the, leaving the building the same. What am I talking about? You got me. Okay, this is what I want to do today, and we're going to do this quickly. The Lord is showing me this illustration. We just want to let completely go, right? Remember when Hagar was crying out before God? She cried out because she needed God's help. She knew it was nobody else to help her. She knew the only one that could help her was God. And God heard Ishmael crying because it was a covenant he made with Abraham. And God's not going to go back on his covenant. God is safe for real, y'all. We need to let go today. Whatever you're holding on to, whether it's sickness or disease or whether it's uh, holding on to depression, oppression, whatever it may be, if you're holding on, if money is your God, you need to let it go because money runs out. Didn't y'all know I told you to take legs and it run? And it's running right now. Every time you turn around, it takes money to, to do anything. Everywhere you go, they'll be like, you look at a machine, you got to put money in there just to get a little toy. You got to put money in there to get gum. Everything requires money, doesn't it? We want to have money, but we don't want money to have us. So we want to let go of everything. Oh, Athea? No, 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 they ain't the one. Dwayne Williams. Woods. Hallelujah. We're going to let go today and we're going to let God, because I believe God done saturated the atmosphere. And God want to do a work even in here. And some of you that do come forward today, you're going to know that you really let it go. Because you're going to feel a weight that's going to lift off of you today because you being obedient unto God. Amen. So what we want to do, we want to start to that back door back there, that those that want to do this and we want to walk up to the front and we just want to let it go and just go back to your seat. That's all just something simple because God want to move even in the place and it takes obedience. Some people say, well, why I want to do that? Well, just sit in your seat. You don't have to. This is simple. Everybody in this room know what they've been holding, what they've been suppressing. Let's let it go today. I couldn't seem to fall asleep. 
There was so much on my mind Searching for that peace But the peace I could not find So then I kneeled down to pray Pray, help me please Then he said, you don't have to cry I'll supply all your needs As soon as I stop worrying As soon as I stop worrying Worrying how the story is When I let go I let go And I let go Let him have Let God have his way That's when things start happening When I stop looking at Sometimes I can't find my way And oftentimes I struggle Struggle from day to day I have to realize it is not my battle It's not my battle to fight I have to know if I put it in the hands Everything will be alright
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, when you let go and let God do what he needs to do, you can breathe. You don't, y'all, look, I want to tell you this. Remember when Jesus was in the tomb? They, that power of God rolled away that stone. They knew men, man couldn't do it. So that's why when he said, when you commit your way up to the Lord, to fall you fall up everything to him because you said, God, I so much on my mind. You let go today. Searching for that peace, but the peace I could not find. So then I kneel down to pray. Pray, help me, please. Then he said, You don't have to cry. I'll supply all your needs. As soon as I, I stop worrying, so when I stop worrying, I don't have the home that I'm worrying. When I let go, I let go and I let go. Let him have it. That's when things start happening. I stop looking at Sometimes I can't find my way And oftentimes I struggle Struggle from day to day I have to realize it is not my battle It's not my battle I have to know if I put He's better than any credit card I don't care how high the limit is through you. How is men going to know in women and children who God is if we don't let go of us? We need to let our children know the truth when they come to us and ask us for stuff. We didn't say, I don't have it, baby. But I know a father who can. And if you need it, God knew you need before you have it. So don't depend on me. Depend on the father that I hear the father that I'll know what to do in your time. Come on, y'all. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We don't supposed to have our children thinking we millionaires, we this and I would be nothing. And he's showing me this. He said, I'm the vine. You're the branch. And all of mine, your nourishment. Hold on to this, baby. Stand right there. He's the vine. We're the branch. The branch depends upon that vine. When that branch decides that it don't want to depend on that vine no more, it's broke off. It disconnected itself. Guess what's going to happen to that branch eventually? It's going to wither up and it's going to die because it let go of the source. See, God is your source. He said, if you abide in me, that means I'm so abided in this branch. Then I'm abiding in him so much that I'm remaining in him. He said, if you're remaining in me, abiding in me, it's because you're standing on the word. That's the only way you can remain and abide. If you remain in me and my word abide in you, then you can ask what you will. See, some of y'all are asking, but you ain't trusting. The only way 
you're going to get these blessings and stuff released to you, you got to trust in this vine so much that when you find yourself disconnecting, you run at the edge. You're saying, God, I know what you said. That's where the word come in. And as you begin to quote that word, believe that word, trust that word, you get in a tighter grip. And nothing or no one should take you away from this vine. This is what's happening to the church. We're playing mind games. We're saying what God said, but our life ain't representing what you say. So God said, if you're going to abide, you got to remain. That means it can't be nothing. So today, you told God, I'm going to abide. I'm going to remain in you no matter what comes. Because you're saying, I'm letting go now. See, this is for real, y'all. You're saying, God, it's me and you. It's me and you forever. God, we in covenant. God, I'm married to you. God, I'm dependent on you. So when somebody won't do for me, I still have you. So I don't have to keep running to that person or that thing. Guess why? Because I'm holding on. And I'm not letting go. And the more I hold on, oh, guess what? You the branch now. The more you hold on, there was so much on my mind that comes from the vine. So much power, so much manifestation that you get in a taste of how good He is. He's so good. He's so so good. That you keep going back for more, back for more, back for more. And all of a sudden, you're so intimate with him, nothing else around So much to know just how really I can find my he way. Says, so if you have accepted me, and oftentimes I struggle, struggle from day to day. I had to realize it is not my battle. It's not my battle to fight. Because I feel it trickling right now. Even through this call. I feel everything coming on strong. God is doing things, and it's springing forth through you. God said, "Don't hinder my process. Let me move the way I want to move." God is doing something in the midst of His people. Everything that you want ahead of you. Let go. You really let go. My brother, let go. 
ready. And let God. You gotta know you're ready when you My sister, ready. you can't handle it. Let God. Let him do it. Oh, let go. Let him do it. And let God. You gotta say, let me. Let go. Do what I need to do in you and in you, baby. Deliverance is coming to your house right now. In the name of Jesus. Receive. Receive. Y'all, this is no place. God is in you today in you and through you. In you and through you. God wants to work. Who wants to do Who wanted to do it? For real, y'all. For real. For real. He wants to do a work right in this place today. I feel God's power prevalent. Let him do the work. See you attached to him. Everything in order that you need. Right here in this life. See that vine giving you everything that you need. And let him do the work. Because God said I'm moving in you. There's some pruning, baby, <laughs> that I want to do in your life. There's some breaking off, and you got to let me break it off. He said, quit holding on to it, because you act like you can fix it, but you can't. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all, let him have, let him have his way. Are you ready? All. Couldn't seem to fall all baby. No matter what. So much on my mind. 